Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of On a Hero. I'm your host today, Melly Mel. If you're a first-time listener, welcome to On a Hero. Uh, here we talk about nerd culture, um, talk about like superheroes, TV, film, comic books, um, horror, anime. You kind of get the gist. Today, I'm going to start the episode by talking about Transformers: Rise of the Beast. I saw the film. Uh, I'm going to put timestamps here so you know when to listen and when to turn it off because there will be spoilers. But I'm going to start off with spoiler-free review of Transformers Rise of the Beast. Um, and I'm going to start off by saying this. It's the best Transformers film, hands down. Um, it's just, it's 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 fan service for everyone that's watched uh, Transformers Beast Wars. Um, it's what these films should be in that give the fans what they want to see. We want to see Transformers fighting. We want a simple plot. You don't need to overcomplicate it. It's it's hands down the best Transformers film. It wasn't overstuffed. Acts one, two, and three were very, very clear. The character motivations were very clear. The action scenes, fucking great. And when the story led up to the action scenes, it was just very welcomed. It wasn't it wasn't just thrown in our face all the time, like in, in these like uh, original Transformers films after the first one, it just kind of got like so out of whack. I mean, not only with ridiculous dialogue, but with ridiculous like uh, details within the plot that you kind of needed to follow, but you don't need, the, but you didn't need to follow. But they would throw it at you like, should I be listening? Should I be listening to this shit? This film was so fucking simple and easy to understand, and it's what it should be because it's a Transformers film. It's a film based off fucking Hasbro toys. The set pieces were great. Um, all of that. All of that said, the movie even had heart. So it was a short, compact film with characters that you are familiar with. Um, whether that's with the Autobots or with Beast Wars, there were some nice twists, some heartfelt moments, um, and yeah. If you were a fan of Beast Wars, I mean, this film left um, you left the film wanting more from the Maximals from Beast Wars. So if you're a Transformers fan, I highly recommend you watch this film. Highly recommend it's if you want, you know, just fucking overcomplicated and action nonsense where you can't even understand what the fuck is happening like what you're actually watching then yeah watch put on a Michael Bay film but this was uh, not only easy to understand but easy to fucking follow and easy to watch and a lot of fucking fun so uh, stamp, appro- stamp of approval for this film check out uh, Transformers Rise of the Beast if you're a fucking nerd now let's get into the spoiler review so spoilers coming I'm going to talk about the film um, god damn this movie was uh it was fucking perfect. It was perfect. They put they they included. I mean, I mean, first of all, um, I I like how it's taking taking place. It's like a soft reboot, and it's taking place before the Sam Witwicky films, before the Shia LaBeouf films. I don't even think it's in like kind of the same universe. I think the soft reboot started with Bumblebee. 
And they kind of they kind of allude to that when Optimus is talking to Bumblebee and he's like Optimus is super like he's he's an asshole in this film. He's very, very rugged. Um, he, he has a line in there where he's like, when I find Scourge, who's obviously the, the other the, the the bad guy, I'm going to I'm going to kill him like he he's he does not like humans. Um, but he has a line to Bumblebee like, oh, yeah, you know, you're you're down with the humans because um, you connected with one of them. And obviously uh, referring to that Bumblebee film. So it's it, uh, it takes place in that universe. And they make that even clearer when uh, Mirage is talking to the main character, Noah, and he says something along the lines of, oh, did you know, like Marky Mark, the singer is going to become an actor. So I, I, I'm assuming that this is like in the 90s or like even maybe late eight. No, I, it's early 90s, I want to say. Um, so the time period, I had no problem with that. It was it, it is a little much whenever like they fucking Brooklyn. Yeah, you from Brooklyn, Brooklyn all day. Like, all right, man, there are other fucking boroughs and only that. But like, OK, like that's. That's enough. It gets kind of old. Um, there was this actress. Uh, there was a, a character, actually, Elena. She's like uh, the archaeologist. She works at the museum. But uh, she wasn't in the trailer at all. What was up with that? She wasn't even in the trailer. So when she showed up, I was like, is this a main character? Are we supposed to be fo- We're following her? That's just weird that she wasn't in the trailer at all. I wonder what was up with that. Um, now, what worked for the film? What worked for me? Okay. Small team, quality over quantity all day. Perfect. The Autobots—they had uh, Optimus, they had Bumblebee, they had RC. I thought RC was uh, really, really cool. I liked—I liked how um, she was. Um, I liked her a- action sequences in in every single battle. Ron Perlman as Optimus Primal, yeah, yeah, hundred percent, yes. Perfect. Optimus Primal, um, when he first showed up, I, oh, man, like my skin, my like the hairs on my skin, like stood up a little bit. It was, man, that was. I wish we had more though. I'll, I'll get into that. But small team, we had um, Air Razor, um, my fucking the man Cheetor. We had Rhinox. Keep things simple. Don't throw so much in there. Some old uh, fucking Autobot like that served as a plane, which was fine. On the bad guys, we had Scourge, Night Nightbird, Reek, uh, Wheeljack, and this is what I this is what I also enjoyed about this. It's just kept it focused on the main guy and the lackeys. We don't need to hear so much of the lackeys and so much stupid dialogue between like any of the robots, but they just did their part. They were the fucking lackeys. Perfect. We had some scenes with the humans worked, um, you know, to drive the story forward. And obviously some scenes with the, with the Autobots and the fucking terror, terror cons or terratrons or whatever. Um, again, the action scenes were, were, were fucking great. I liked what was going on in, in Peru. I liked the action scene by the museum. I thought that was a lot of fun. I thought I, I liked the ending action scene um bumblebee his comeback coming out of nowhere his death i was like no way i know he has to come back so um his comeback was great came out of nowhere 
But with the pacing of the film, how it the way they paced the film was that things kind of just happened to move to move the story forward, which I really liked. Like if they had a very a very um I guess um typical of uh, typical and I guess realistic I, I don't know what are the right words to say but it, it things didn't seem rushed because the pacing of the film kind of uh it set the stage for that the movie established itself where when the story needed to move move forward things happened and they did it from the beginning which was which was great so when stupid shit happened, you're like, that's fine, because that's what the movie is. It's, <laughs> you know, it's not fucking Goodwill Hunting. It's a fucking Transformers film. If things need to happen, it's going to happen, which I really liked. Such as the planet shifting all of a sudden when the bad guys, they got the fucking key. And then it just, tur- and then Peru just turned into that fucking mountain look looking like something out of like the justice league uh the justice league film with um the uh um uh there's the justice league like Zack snyder film um yeah that kind of just fucking happened out of nowhere um what else was was random the tunnel to like stop the key, there was like a tunnel that only humans can humans can fit through. Like the planet just created that mountain, and then all of a sudden they the Maximals they had the blueprint of that mountain, which was really. F- I get like who gives a shit? It's like yeah, because think about the kids that are watching this. They're like, oh yeah. As an adult, like you think too much into it. Don't. Don't think too much into it. Things just needed to happen. Or the fact that Noah needed to steal a car that just so happened to be a Transformer. The fact that the Transformers even let the humans come with them? Like what? Like why are you even listening to Noah? You know what I mean? But the mo- but the movie needs to move forward. That's why. Air Razor becoming possessed. Cool. That's fine. Was I was I You know what? They even did a fucking scene Straight out of um, uh, what was that film with like uh Will Smith, with the zombies? I am Legend. They did an I am Legend thing in this film when Air Razor got possessed and then Optimus Primal had to put her down. I was like, oh, nice. Not only are you doing fan service for Beast Wars, but also for Will Smith. I dig it. That movie was sweet, awesome. The fact that they needed to go to Peru ASAP, but Noah needed to go back home and get a book bag and have like a scene with his his brother. Things just happened. What about Elena, like staying after work to like study this artifact? She didn't need to be in work that late. Go home. You can do it the next day. She was so fascinated with this thing. And then Decepticons, they were right there. They were right there to like get it. <laughs> and Optimus Prime and Chi- and um a uh, uh, fucking Bumblebee and Air and um RC they were watching from a distance because they couldn't go to the museum. But then they just showed up when the Decepticons showed up. I'm gonna call them Decepticons. They're Terracons, but they just showed up when the- when they showed up and the battle happened. And that's okay. 
What about the scene when um Noah and Elena they uh get out of the cave looking for the artifact, looking to the second part of the key, and then Max and Max uh Optimus um uh, <laughs> uh what is it? Um Optimus Ma but the the gorilla. I don't know. There's so many there's Optimus Optimus Primal. There you go. Optimus Primal. When he showed up out of the out of nowhere. By the way, when they when Noah and Elena were in the cave, Optimus Prime was having a fight scene with Scourge. Like they were, they drove away. Like they were having a fight scene. What? Like uh, I guess on the other side of the mountain. But then when they, when Noah got out of the cave, the Autobots just kind of showed up. Again, things happening to let the movie continue. Why did they need a key? <laughs> Why did they need a key? When the when the Autobots got there, the fucking Maximals got there, the Decepticons got there, these Terracons got to Earth. This Unicron Ultimate Transformer, this fucking planet of a Transformer, why does it need a key to come to... I don't get... How did they get there, but Unicron can't get there without... Again, things happening so the movie can happen. Nothing was really explained in detail. And who gives a shit? It's a Transformers film. That's what I enjoyed about it. What other what other things worked? Uh, the Maximals. That worked. Loved it. We had Optimus Primal, Cheetor, and Rhinox. We had the main players. Minus Rat Trap. Kind of miss Rat Trap, but that's okay. So fucking cool watching Optimus Prime talking to Optimus Primal. So cool. And see, oh my god, the final battle scene when um Optimus Primal when he shouted maximize. Dude. Boner. Immediate boner. Chubbed up. When Cheetor, when he took out his I'm like, dude, more Cheetor, dude. He was the fucking man. Love Cheetor. Anyway. You 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 go to the movie theaters, or if you're gonna stream this thing, you're gonna you put on this film to watch a Transformers film, and that's what you get, and nothing else, no other bullshit. You know, I actually thought they were gonna like pay homage to that Transformers cartoon when you when Optimus Prime was gonna like quote unquote kill himself, and it didn't happen. But I was like, oh shit, they're paying homage to that cartoon. I don't know if you guys remember. I think it was like in the 80s. There was a Transformers cartoon. It kind of like pissed off a lot of fans. But Optimus Prime, he died in the beginning of the film. And he has like lines that are similar in this film. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought they were going to go with that. And they didn't. Everyone, all the good guys kind of survived, which I was very happy about. You don't got to make these films so like fucking, you know, so complex. Just give the fans what they want to see. What did not work for the film? I'm not going to get into like all the ridiculous shit that I just like mentioned about, you know, things just needing to happen. But what didn't work for me, I wanted more of the Maximals. I wanted more of that. 
which is kind of like, yes, it doesn't work, but also that's what makes that's what makes the movie good. It's a fine film. It's fun. It's it's nonsense. But I wanted more of the Maximals. Cheetor had two lines. He had two lines, dude. Why are we following Mirage? What's up with this Pete Davidson bullshit, man? He he's fine in small doses. You know what? Mirage was actually not bad. He was not bad. He made the sacrifice play. You make a sacrifice play, you're okay in my book. But I was just thinking, I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying. It's just like, I don't know why, like, Hollywood, they need a... They just need to make, like, side characters. They need to put them in the spotlight. I don't know why, like... You have Cheetor. How come Cheetor can't be the guy, you know? Bumblebee was so good because he had no lines. I think that's why I really like Bumblebee. Because <laughs> he does his voice box doesn't work. Optimus Prime, you just like Optimus Prime. I don't know. I just wish that we had um maybe Rat Trap. Maybe Rat Trap could have been like uh the other guy to hang around with Noah. It's just, it seems like they just needed to build a character for Pete Davidson, like a rando. But that being said, I think Pete Davidson would have made a good rat trap, actually. He would have made a perfect rat trap. Make Pete Davidson rat trap. Why not? Maybe they didn't think of that. Rat trap was very witty. He was kind of annoying. Always talking. Um, Kind of a pussy at times. I think that would have been, that would have been perfect, so... That didn't work for me. I wish we had more of the Maximals. Rhinox, I don't even know Rhinox had a line. I don't even, yo, I don't even, we didn't even get a good close-up of, of Rhinox and Cheetor when they maximized. I wanted to get a cool, I wanted more of their fight scenes. I wanted more out of them. But I think that's what's kind of good. Like, it's it's bittersweet because, you know, that's what the film did did well. They didn't overstuff it. It left you wanting more. It was very condensed. That's what these films should be. Because by the end of like a Michael Bay Transformers film, you're fucking exhausted. You're like, wow, that was a lot. This one, I was like, man, I kind of wish we had a little bit more. Um, comic books. I want to get into. Uh, I want to get into comics book comic books, but um. Yeah, that was my um that was my review of trans review for Transformers. Check it out. Um I want to get into comic books now. Um I just finished I just finished um Strange Adventures by Tom King. Everyone knows that I'm a Tom King dick rider. Um man Guys, if you want to get and if you want to pick up a good comic book for all you and I, I say this like every episode, you know, if you want a good story, like a legitimate good story, it's it's not in you know the animated TV series, it's not in the animated movies, it's not it's not even in Hollywood like um uh a Hollywood superhero like adaptations. It, it's not there. It's it's in the books, man. And you just got to find the right writer. That's it. And if you were looking for like good writers, look at Rick Remender, look at Tom King, look at Jeff Johns. But anything Tom King does, man, 
This guy does it fucking right. Does it right. I absolutely loved Mr. Miracle. Loved Mr. Miracle. Talk about that book all day. Loved The Vision. He did a book about The Vision. And in this book, it's about Adam Strange. Don't know who Adam Strange is? Neither did I. Comes from the DC Universe. But what Tom King does so well is he adds so much depth and substance to these characters that you don't know and that are not main players in whether it's DC Comics or Marvel Comics. You know, they show up kind of like, they're these characters. These are who these characters are. The characters he highlights are characters you see in film and you go, oh shit, I think I know that guy. And the guy sitting next to you who like, you know, he likes to pretend he knows everything about comic books. He's like, oh yeah, that's Thanos. It's like, you didn't even know who Thanos was at the end of Avengers 1. Shut the fuck up. But he takes these characters that you don't really know about and he adds, he adds so much to them. And he knows, you know, what their superpowers. He kind of, Tom King kind of has, uh, he has an inkling of who these characters are at base level. You know, for example, um, what's his name? Uh, God, see, I, I, I even forgot his name. Um, it's not, um, he's, he's one of the smartest guys in the DC universe. Um, oh my God, it's, it's gonna, I gotta look it up. Okay. DC, DC comics, smartest characters. We'll look that up real quick. This is interesting. I put it in Google. Smartest, the most intelligent DC characters. This is interesting. Batman is number one. Lex Luthor is number two. Number three is the guy who I was thinking of, Mr. Terrific. Mr. Terrific. If you see a if you Google Mr. Terrific, you'll be like, oh yeah, I know that guy. But you don't really know the guy. In this comic book, Strange Adventures, um, Tom King really, you know, he really shows you uh, the extent of this guy's intelligence, um, a little bit of his backstory, so you have a connection with him, and just how badass he is, and how smart he is. Um. Anyway, this is about Adam Strange. So, Adam Strange, just to give you guys like a quick synopsis, and I'll spoil, I'll I'm, I'm, I'll give you guys a synopsis, and if you want to. I'll give you guys a synopsis and I'll spoil it a little. I'll tell you when to spoil it and then you can skip on to the next section. But the synopsis is Adam Strange. He's a DC character. He um, he is called the man of two worlds. And there's this beam and he gets beamed, like teleported to another world. This world called Ran. He becomes very connected to this world and he decides to save it because there's a bunch of wars going on in this world. Um, I'm sorry, the the world is not called Ran. On this planet, there is country, if you will, called Ran. He's trying to liberate it from destruction. So, but the problem is he can't control this teleportation device that brings him from Earth back to Ram, from Earth back to Ram. So he goes back and forth. Anyway, 
he fights this war during at, at which time he meets the love of his life and he has a daughter so he's fighting this war he asks for he asks for help from the justice league they don't help him out wins this war comes back as a hero um and the story unfolds because apparently he did some things in that war that follow him to earth and that puts earth in a lot of danger now there are a lot of twists and turns that happen very very good twists and turns that happen uh oh my god how best to describe it because i want to sell it to you guys so you pick it up so you don't have to have to listen to this spoiler that i'll i'll give you guys but um if you're looking for a thriller, a slow burn, a slow burn that really pays off, uh, read this book. And I'll tell you this. You'll have a lot of fun during the slow burn. A lot of fun because you kind of get sucked into the mystery of what happened on Rand. Like, what did Doc, what did Adam Strange do? They give you kind of bits and pieces to chew on. And also, for fans of DC Comics... There are characters that you recognize that show up that you really recognize, like right off the bat, that kind of help to keep you engaged and move and move the story forward. Um, and Miss, Mr. Terrific plays uh, a huge part in this. Um, it's a lot of fun. The payoff is fantastic. It's outstanding. Uh, and I highly, highly recommend. Now, for the spoilers, I just want to talk about how I feel about the book um, because I just... Uh, Man, that really hit for me. But uh, wow. Okay. So what happened in the book is Rand uh, Rand was in trouble. Let's I, I forgot what um who the bad guys were on, on this other planet, but there was no way that Rand was gonna win. There was no way that Adam Strange was gonna win this war. Um, why is it escaping me? I, I want I want to get it right for you guys. Hold on one second. So DC Comics, uh, Strange Adventures, Wiki. Let's see if I can find just uh, something short on it. Hmm. So I'm just looking for what the villains were called. Tom King. Let me go Tom King. See if I can find it over there. Hmm. 2020 to 2021. Yep. This is it. This is it. Um I found the uh the wiki DC database. Oh wow, and they really they really cover it. They cover everything. So if you guys wanted to like cheat. It's on um, dcfandom.com, dc.fandom.com. It was the picks, the picks. It's P-Y-K-K-T. I'll call it the, the uh, pits. I'll just call it the pits, all right? I'll call it the pits. So there was no way that Rand was going to win this war against the pits. No way. Um. So the whole time, the whole time you're you're wondering, you know, why is Adam Strange being investigated? What did he do during this war that that's following him? Um, they get, you know, 
they kind of get word that the pits are coming to Earth. They're following Adam Strange for crimes against war. What the twist is, you think in the beginning that Adam Strange's daughter is dead. And the way they lead you in this story, the way they lead you to think that well, they started with Adam Strange being a, a good guy, but during during the comic book, you see that they start revealing that Adam Strange was very, very vicious, and he did horrible things. Um, zero mercy during the war. Killed a lot of people, mercilessly, like genocide. And you think that's the twist. You think Adam Strange is just fucking bananas crazy. He's, 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 he's that guy. It gets a lot worse. A lot worse. He thought that he can hide this from Mr. Terrific and from Batman. Oh my god, and how Mr. Terrific figures it out is so fucking cool. But what he did was the daughter was never dead. You think the daughter's dead. Which what which is what drives Adam Strange and his and his wife to do to be this merciless. But what Adam really did. He got captured once by the pits. They didn't tell, I mean, his, the wife knew he got captured, but he got captured and he made a deal with them. He said, look, he knew that there was no way that Rand was going to win. And he said, I'll give you my daughter in exchange. Don't take Rand away from me because he loved Rand so much because he loved his daughter, loved his wife. He wanted to, he wanted to save that country. He wanted to save this world. No one from Earth was going to help him out in this world. He asked help from Superman, from everyone. No one wanted to help him out. So he said, look, I know I'm going to lose. Take my daughter. In exchange, leave Rand alone. I'll give you Earth. So the Pits took the daughter, and in exchange, they let Adam Strange kill a bunch of their people to make it look like to make it look like he won the war the plan was make it look like adam strange wins the war go back to earth lure the pits to earth once they take over adam strange gets his daughter back that was the plan mr terrific uh well first of all adam strange asked batman to investigate him batman kind of declines um mr terrific does it God damn, this guy's badass. He just figures it out. Um, he's like, how is it possible that the pits who are unstoppable make so many careless decisions? One such as being like when they captured Adam Strange, he's like, why do they keep capturing you and letting you go? Like, what's up with that? He also, Adam Strange writes a book about his time uh, during the war, and in the beginning of the book, it says to my to my daughter, and he quotes a line from the Bible, and Miss Terrific is like the smartest guy, and he picks it, he picks it up, and he's like, also your, he's he's talking to Adam Strange's wife, he's like your husband, he dedicates the book to the daughter, and the wife's like, yeah, and he's like, but the quote after the dedication is um, it's 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 not. It's not a quote of like love. It's a quote of grief. 
it's not like to my loving daughter, you know, I did this for you, but it was more to my loving daughter. I'm so fucking sorry of what I had to do for you, which was give you up to the pits and sacrifice earth. It is so good how that happens. And then Mr. Tr- and then it just it just culminates because um Adam Strange and his wife are clearly lying to Earth. And weird shit happens. Like the bad guys are preparing for the pits to enter Earth, and Batman has this whole strategy, but somehow the pits they still get Phoenix, Arizona. And Mr. Terrific. In his letter, when he's talking to Adam Strange's wife, that's another inconsistency. So there was the inconsistency about the pits being defeated by Adam Strange, like letting him go, like that's fucking stupid, and how them losing to Rand is stupid. It's his dedication to his daughter and using that Bible quote. And then Mr. Trifford goes, also, he's like, it's so cool how like Tom King writes and just gives like characters like, you know, he really, oh my God. He really stays true to these characters. But Miss Trifford goes, how is it possible? <sighs> no, he says, I don't want to butcher the line, but it's something along the lines of, if you gave Batman a day to, pre- to prepare for his enemy, if you gave Batman a day, there's no way you're going to lose. There's no way he's going to lose. There's no way. He's like, if you gave Batman a couple hours to research and create a strategy for his enemy, he can't lose. He goes, Batman had days. He had weeks to prepare this strategy. And you guys found a hole and blew up Phoenix. He's like, how is that possible that the pits did that? No one, no one can break Batman straight. Dude, I'm like getting goosebumps thinking about how good that is. Like, how good is that, man? That line is so powerful. Just to show you, just not only how smart Mr. Terrific is, but how smart and dangerous a human like Bruce Wayne is. I love that. And it's just, man, Tom King, it's almost like it's almost like Shakespeare. Not only is like the story so good, but there's always tragedy involved. Adam Strange dies. The wife. It's so fucking. Oh my god. The mirror. So it, so the story goes, in the comic book, it goes kind of back and forth from past to present. So showing what happened during the war to showing to showing the present and what's happening now. And the way Adam Strange dies in the arms of his wife is paralleled to what happened in the past when it was just him and his wife alone um, and kind of him just telling her how much he loves her and is doing all of this for her. Fast forward to the present where he's trying to explain that he loves her so much he did all of this for her. And he dies in her arms. And it goes back and forth from the past saying like how she goes, oh, Adam, like I love you to like her holding him dead in her arms saying, oh, Adam, like I love you. It was like it was heavy. It's 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 really, really, really good. 
Um, yeah, I don't want to, I don't, I guess I, I gave a lot away. I mean, that's like the big like spoiler, but man, this, please, if you're going to pick up any book, you got to pick up that book, pick up uh, strange adventures, pick up the vision, pick up, um, uh, um, Mr. Miracle all by Tom King. If you want a really good book that you want to read that has nothing to do with anything that has nothing to do with, um, the current continuity, pick that book up for sure. Um, in other in other news, um, the scroll invasion, scroll invasion. There, there's like a five minute, um, a five minute preview of the first episode that that uh, was doing the rounds. You need a password to watch it. I know you guys always hear me like talking shit, but I mean, this the scroll invasion could have been so good. Like, I mean. It's just not hitting. Because the problem with Marvel, just nothing seems connected. In the first couple phases, it went, everything kind of seemed connected and going in the right direction. But like, we're getting this invasion series that looks really cool, but nothing seems connected. It kind of just feels like we're just getting another Marvel show. This, this should have came out after Miss Marvel. The Brie Larson film. Because now we're just kind of jumping into this film. We're jumping into this series. And not only that. But we've had. Other than Black Panther. Black Panther. Might be the most serious film that we've had. In a very long time. Maybe since like Captain America Civil War. Or like uh, uh, um, Endgame. Maybe more serious than that. But everything after like Endgame. Like Spider-Man. No Way Home. It had its silly moments, you know? It still had that, like, Marvel formula where it's, like, very, like... It was like a popcorn movie. But Black Panther took itself very seriously. Anyway, my point is, we've had, since Endgame, just years of this. Like, this kind of corny, like, campy um, Marvel content. And now we're going back to, like, very serious and grounded content with the Secret Invasion story. It's like, who is this for now? Because you spent the, the the past couple of years giving us cotton candy, and now you're giving us like a steak. It's like, who who's this for? I think their consistency is completely off. Like they need to get their shit together. It does look interesting. I just feel like it's weird timing, and almost like, I don't know. I just wish everything was connected better. Like in, in, in this secret invasion story, if we don't get characters that we know that we've been following, be that the Incredible Hulk or She-Hulk or Moon Knight or fuck, I mean, Wanda, uh, the Scarlet Witch, maybe she comes back. Just Doctor Strange fucking even like the young marvel chick like if we don't get characters where we know of that are established and then they turn into scrolls if we don't get that then what is this what is this show it's just a nick fury show it's just a spy show and that's cool that's fine it's just it really it really feels like it's just out of nowhere 
it didn't hit when I saw the first five minutes of the show. It didn't hit at all. It could have if things led to this, where we were getting we were getting teasers of like scrolls and the scroll invasion. Whether that's in Spider-Man Homecoming, Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, Black Panther, any of these like TV series. If we got little inklings where characters kind of seemed a little off and they were doing things, you know, that seemed with bad intentions, then this show would hit because it's like, oh shit. This makes sense now that the scrolls are here because that character was kind of acting a little bit off. But now we're just getting it. I don't know. It's interesting. It looks interesting. I'm going to check it out. Um, Just from those first five minutes, it just did not hit for me. So I'm hoping that it's going to be good. Um, I'm hoping it's somewhere close to the Secret Invasion storyline that we got in the comic books, which I absolutely loved. There were so many twists and turns. A lot of characters that were missing that kind of showed up that you thought were dead that kind of showed up at the end. Um, at the end of that story, Norman Osborn turns into the good guy. It's That's kind of the story where Norman Osborn teams up with uh, the superheroes and then he ultimately becomes the Iron Patriot, rocking Iron Man armor and kind of taking over the government. He has his own Avengers team, which includes Matt Gargan as Venom. Dakin, Wolverine's son, as Wolverine. Like, he has enemies as the Avengers. It kind of leads to that after the Secret Invasion storyline. Which is kind of exciting if we're heading in that direction. If this is leading to the Thunderbolts. Um, but, yeah. I, I hope that uh, it's somewhat close to the comic books. Somewhat. Where it's there are good twists and then... It leads to actually compelling story. Um, one final thing that I'm going to mention. I wanted to talk about how, how uh, the actor who played Namor and um, the actor who played Kang, they're both kind of in hot water right now because uh, sexual abuse allegations. But, you know, who gives a shit, right? <laughs> um, the last thing I wanted to talk about was uh, James Gunn. He's undecided on the red trunks for Superman. Hey, James Gunn, bring that shit back. I don't care. I don't care, man. Bring that shit back. I did not mind the red trunks in Superman Returns. Did not mind it. Didn't mind it. Kind of think it's kind of cool. If you're going to do, if you're going to reshape the DC universe, if you're going to redo the fucking thing, redo it. But like, find a way to make it work. You know what I mean? Find a way to make it work. Like, let's get the gray and blue Batman outfit with the yellow and with the yellow symbol, you know? With the blue trunks. Fuck it. Like, give us make it. <sighs> Don't make it Marvel, but have Marvel elements where you're giving fan service. Uh but you still have a compelling, grounded DC story. And that's what I see DC as. It's very grounded, um, very serious tone. I kind of I enjoy that. 
where the characters take themselves seriously, like do that. So fan service in that, you know, give give the fans what they want to see. And put it on put it on a plate that that we recognize. Maybe that. And keep it grounded. Because uh Marvel's just all over the goddamn place. All right. Uh thank you guys for listening to this episode of On a Hero. Uh I'll be back, hopefully with a team. And uh yeah, remember to follow us on Instagram. That's on underscore uh underscore hero underscore podcast. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, and uh I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, bye.